Thank you for checking out Coffee Pods, a Coffee Break length look into the Christian healing ministry. Through honest discussion, Season 6 has us talking about when our own healing journey has been challenged. So, whether you're a cappuccino, a latte, or an Americano, there's something here for you. So pick up your coffee mug, plug in your earbuds, and let's talk. Great. So it's really good to be with you, Wes. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, doing great. The sun's shining. Yay. Yeah, I know. We've had a bit of rain, which is really refreshing. Yeah. Um, we've got a big question today, okay. <laughs> which right. um, is just the question of whether did Jesus ever get sick um, or can he get sick? And I suppose we could probably look in the Bible to try and find examples of where we think he got sick. But it's quite hard to find. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are your initial thoughts before I ask you some questions? Well, I mean, you'd think it was an easy question, wouldn't you? I mean, you, mm. I mean, it's either sort of yes or no sort of thing. But the, the thing is, um, Christianity grew up in a mix of Judea, Judaism and Greek thought. Okay, so, um, so, and and that's one of the things we have to remember is that all those who are trying to write and work this out had those influences going on. And actually, we we probably ought to think, okay, we're working Christianity out now. What what are the influences that we're trying to work in? So, for instance, um, for the Jews, God was holy, and and completely other, right? Yeah. Which made Jesus coming a bit problematic, really, because he was totally God and totally one of us at the same time. So that was like, okay, that isn't going to work well. Um, for the Greeks, um, the gods did take on human form every now and again, normally for rather dubious and manipulative purposes, I have to say. Mm. Um, and so th the idea that um, God could, even in that form, could be limited by anything of our humanity or even be if affected by it was like absurd. I mean, it was just totally impossible. Yeah. So so that they try to work out all the answers to those sort of big questions, you know, mm. in, and that's where we are now. Yeah, and I suppose like we we do know, don't we, that God is fully man, fully human, and as you said as well, He is God. Um, so I suppose He could probably get things like colds. Well, yeah, you you'd think so. I mean, and and, and the problem being, of course, that that for 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 Jesus being having all of our humanity. And also yet being the son of God. I mean, that that gave people huge problems. So you, you'll come across, for instance, um, the Docetists and, and um, Docetism comes from uh, the word um, dokian, which means to seem. And it was a, it was a sort of Christian heresy. Um, and it basically said that Christ didn't have a real or natural body during his life on earth, only an apparent one or a phantom one. Okay. So you can see where they're, where they're going with the Greeks sort of uh, idea without of that. Um, it became um, a fully developed part of what's called Gnosticism, which was um, a, a dual system of belief, which essentially held that um, all the physical matter of stuff, 
of our lives is evil and the only thing that really is is good is the spirit okay so, so that was like so god could never really participate in any of that at all yeah. um and actually they then sort of said well that meant that the crucifixion and the ascension weren't really real you know oh, be, wow, yeah I mean, it, I mean you can understand why it's a little bit of a, a heresy that went on um and and they said although they they some of them then disagreed about how that ever worked out but that was basically where they're going you got then uh, the Nestorians, um, which was, how about this one? That Jesus existed as two persons, okay? So there was the physical Jesus, and if you like, and then there was the divine Jesus. And of course, rather than it being one united person, they had these two, two different realities. Uh, the great thing for them, of course, is that you could kill the physical Jesus, because that didn't really matter that much, but the spiritual, the divine Jesus was untouched. And so you can see how all of those sort of things um, grew out of an aversion to the idea that God could suffer yeah. and die on a cross even. I mean, that's just like ridiculous. And so they basically said the perfect man, Jesus, suffered and died on the cross. So they probably get you cold. Um, but actually, the, the, the second person of the Trinity um, didn't. Problem is with both of those things is they threaten the atonement. Yeah, you know, that, that, that Jesus came as one of us, God in a body, and took our place. And so you can see why, you know, hey, there you go. Church didn't really like that. And that was thrown out in the second and third and fourth centuries as heresy and said, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you said that, though, because I was going to say, where do we stand as acorn so people know sort of what we believe of God being fully God and fully man? <laughs> Yeah, there you go. You got it in, mm. in one. I mean, there's a profound theological statement for the day, Lisa. Yeah. Fully God and fully man, which is why he can not only deal with the the, the spirit sin stuff, but yeah. actually our theology is that he can also deal with the physical, emotional, mental stuff as well. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Yeah, I mean, there's a thing for the day. Yeah, yeah. And so I suppose then we do see his human Jesus's humanity, don't we, with the cross. Yeah. Um and I think that for us is that just shows that he is he is able to suffer to some extent, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and of course, I mean, Jesus' humanity is and even we do it today, you know, um some people um in a in a in a desperate and understandable attempt to keep the divinity of Christ, um, you know, central. Absolutely. I mean, they, they, they sort of speak as if Jesus walked six inches off the ground yeah. and didn't get his feet dirty. But of course he did get his feet dirty because his feet needed washing when he was at the home of Simon, the leper, you know, yeah. and that was, that was the whole thing about the woman washing his feet with her tears and drying them with her hair. Um, but you know, you'd, you'd say, um, John 4, the woman at the well, mm -hmm. um, Jesus is um, weary and clearly thirsty. There you go. And mm -hmm. when the disciples come back, they say to him, you know, master, eat. So he's clearly hungry. So mm -hmm. Jesus experienced all of that. So he was impacted by, I've had a busy day. <laughs> and actually, <laughs> take a look at some of Jesus' days and you think, man, I thought mine were busy. <laughs> look at that one. Um, but you'd say um, he knew what it was to be in anguish. How about this? I mean, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he sweat. 
in in those prayer moments and and there's a there's a physical condition where actually stress can um cause the capillaries in the forehead to burst so actually you literally could have drops of blood on your forehead there's actually a medical condition for it and why i know that is like strange in itself <laughs> so he clearly knew mental emotional physical anguish um he bled under the scourging in the Praetorian Guard. I mean, there's some suggestion, of course, that he was so um, uh, uh, injured and wounded in that process that he was physically unable to carry the bar of the cross on his shoulders, which is why Simon of Cyrene was drafted in to carry the cross. So I think, yeah, he does experience the full mm -hmm. extent of what humanity was, life, was like. Mm. Do, are there any examples where he's being prayed with or where because obviously he would speak to the father in the same way we speak to the father but are there any examples where he's been prayed with um great question because i mean there's the moment on the transfiguration when moses and elijah come and they talk to him about this unfolding reality of the cross hmm. um there is very clearly a moment in what we call the Last Supper. We should probably call it the First Supper because we've, yeah. we've been doing it ever since, uh, and rightly so. Um, when he, when Jesus says to the disciples, um, I've earnestly desired to eat this meal with you. So I think that's not just a little bit of theatre. Mm. I think Jesus is saying, actually, this really matters to me. I, 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 I want to do this with you. It almost, I need to do this with you. Mm. Not just for your sake but also for for my sake to bring something you know yeah to yeah. to a, to a close yeah oh, that's helpful and I, so i suppose a big question um for people who have joined us at our events and definitely elsewhere as well but def we can definitely say for us at acorn we do pray in the name of jesus don't we mm. yeah um so when we're seeking healing or when others might be looking for healing in his name, does this affect, does this affect our prayer or, or the feeling? Um, sorry, not the feeling or, or the healing. If he, if he can get sick himself. I mean, great question. I mean, you know, Jesus was a carpenter's son. Did he ever drop a, a hammer on his toe? You know, did he ever graze his knee as a child? playing out you know do you ever get a cold um you know whatever mm -hmm. and i think the answer is probably yes because he experienced humanity in the way that that we did um i mean it's really interesting isn't it that um uh hebrews talks about um though he was the son of god it says he learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect he became the source of eternal salvation Okay, so the word perfect there, you know, and, and theologians have debated that and, and argued over it, but actually it's better interpreted um, complete or accomplished everything uh, fully to bring everything mm. to the right closure. So in those in the life that Jesus lived, he clearly experienced what we do. Mm. So can I put it this way around? Um, without without sinning, Jesus knows what sin feels like for me from the inside. Yeah. Okay. So if I could just then turn that around the other way and say in sickness, you know, Jesus knows what it's like from the inside for us. Um, not just because, I mean, 
he stood so close to a leper, Lisa, that he could, he could touch him. Mm. Okay, so Jesus has a very clear understanding of of the needs of disease of sickness of what's going on mm. and actually yeah i guess he must have experienced you know um he- headache did he get sunstroke was he playing out in the street without you know mary told him to put a hat on and he didn't you know mm. i mean I, I have no idea but i think what it means for us is that jesus knows what this is like from the inside mm. and, and for me as somebody who prays for people who are sick um I'm I'm not telling things I'm not telling God things that he has completely no idea about. Yeah. Yeah. And because of that I think the Holy Spirit can lead us into praying effectively and compassionately for people. Mm. Yeah, I quite like that because it's not to say that if Jesus was um unable to suffer or feel things or be sick that how do I word it? Um Knowing that he knows those things gives me reassurance Mm. Um, and it makes him know that he is relatable. Mm. And I think he still would be. Oh, I know he still would be, even if he was able to avoid all those things. Mm. Um, But like you said, it's kind of like, well, I've been there. I, you know, I've been in that situation or I know it before you even feel it or that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, the problem with, with the Nestorians and the Docetists is that, that Jesus was cheating. You know, if, if what they say is true, then he wasn't doing life like this. Yeah. OK, but actually, that's that's the whole point that he did the life that we live. So yeah. he can be the high priest who can say to you, Lisa, I know what you're feeling like. Yeah. Right. And because of that, I can deal with this for you. Yeah. And actually, I mean, you know, anybody watching this, you would see I'm wearing glasses. Okay. <laughs> I clearly need to wear glasses. Okay. Does that mean I can't pray for blind people? Yeah. Well, no, I've done that. You know, I mean, I've paid for people a whole lot smarter than I am. <laughs> Does that mean I can't do that? No, because this is a different thing. So I, I love that idea that Jesus knows humanity from the inside out. And therefore, be it sin or sickness, he knows what we need and he knows how to deal with it. Mm. Yeah, that's that is such a reassurance and a gift, isn't it? Yeah. For us to carry each each day. And I suppose, you know, some people, if they see Jesus, they've got the image maybe of him on the cross or being persecuted or, or whatever it might be. They may say he can't be God or, you know, he's only human and then he's not God if he would allow that to happen. Um, whereas actually for us, it shows he is God, he is human. It's it's just very interesting how you can have different perspectives on him based on his life. Yeah, and, and actually you've got it in one because for the Greeks, the very fact that he suffered means he can't be God. Yeah. Actually, the truth is the very fact that he did means that he is. And 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 that's that's the beauty of the Christian message that we're saying to people, um, you are loved and known by a God who knows what it's like to be here on this earth. Mm. And because of that, your prayers don't rise in vain. Mm. Oh, that's, that's great. Uh, I was going to ask if you've got any like practical um, takeaways, you know, we always do and nows, but I wondered if there was anything you could just encourage our listeners, but that might be it. Your, prayer, your prayers do not go up in vain. Yeah. But, yeah. But is there, is there anything else? It's perfectly fine if there's not. <laughs> 
Well, I, the one thing I would say is this, that for me, as somebody who prays for people who are, are sick and, and, and helps and talks and teaches about it, um, I've learned a, a very simple truth is that don't judge your life by a single snapshot. Watch the whole DVD. Mm. You know, God is deal with in, dealing with you in real time. So, you know, um, one of my friends says, you're better than your worst 15 minutes. And, and I think I think there's something that we need to say, God, okay, this hasn't happened in an instant. So how do I journey with this? Yeah. Um, and I think, I think I'd be open to say to people, um, okay, so let's do this again. Let's pray again. Yeah. Because actually every prayer is heard. And so don't give up. Yeah. That's my takeaway. Don't give up. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. So how about praying for those who are listening? Yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lord Jesus, thank you. That you honestly know what life is like from the inside. And Lord, that gives you the incredible place that you have before the father and that you have in us and you make that connection so for everyone listening today lord thank you that you are lord jesus the connection that we need today with heaven for body and for mind and for spirit and so let healing come from heaven for body mind and spirit today lord lay your hand upon us even as we reach out to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Thank you, Wes. You're welcome. Lovely insight. Um, and we're looking forward to chatting again next week. For those of you who might be new to Coffee Pods, you can find loads of our episodes. We've got so many um, on our website or wherever you get your podcasts from. So do take a listen. I will catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Coffee Pods. We hope that you have found today's episode helpful and inspiring. If you have a question of your own about Christian healing, send it to info at acornchristian.org and we'll respond. For more information about Acorn, our events and how to support our work, check out www.acornchristian.org. See you next time.